In today's show, we look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball and Substack JoshLloyd48.substack.com. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got waiver wire stuff to talk about. Apologies about the recap show yesterday. The audio version, it just didn't it didn't post on time. So it is posted now. So if you are listening to this, it has posted. You can go back and check it out. It wasn't a super long show. There's only five games on. But I apologize for the delay of getting that out. <clears throat> My mistake. Let's talk about some waiver wire options. Orny. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> okay. Most added players over the last, well, since we last looked at the most added players. Who are they? What's important here? Nazareth Reed is number one. Yeah, because he's been putting up huge numbers. I get it, right? He is the guy that you add when Gobert is out. I think you might be a little bit late to the party adding him today, but I don't know because I think, I'm pretty sure, well, we've seen this, when Gobert comes back, I don't know what he's going to do. They're not going to play together, I don't think. Maybe they play a little bit. Is 20 minutes of Naz Reed enough, like max? I don't know. It's absolutely worth having because Gobert's not back. Like he's not back yet. He's questionable for today's game. Maybe he plays. But we saw before, like Reed steps up, big minutes, good production. Gobert plays, Reed drops back off. That's that's just how it works. So yes, he should be added. Yes, he should have been added immediately when Gobert was hurt. There are a few of these centers that immediately when someone gets hurt, you add them. He is one of them. Like in this situation, he is one of them. Tom Bryant, another one of them. There are a few of these guys around the league. Dan Gafford's one of them as well. Probably less priority than, say, a Bryant or a Reed, But they, they are the guys. You know, waiting three games. I get it. Like, but to be the number one most added player now, it's like people have been a little bit asleep at the wheel there. Chris Boucher, most added player. Okay, I, I don't know why. Like, Boucher is okay. The upside isn't that high anymore. The consistency's not there. They do play um, today. But it is a, we don't know if Gary Trent's going to play, but it is an 11 game slate. I don't, I wouldn't have been prioritizing that. I would prioritize Victor Oladipo slightly, slightly, because he's played 30 minutes in three consecutive games. That's obviously a huge W. Max Struess is just terrible now. Like, he can't seem to do anything. There's consistent injuries between Martin, Lowry, Butler. They're always hurt. Hero's always got an ankle problem. I'm not saying that Oladipo is going to play 30 minutes a night. He could. I don't think he will. And his shooting percentages are an issue. But the defensive ability is there. The steals are there. He's a top 100 player over the last week since he's found this rotation role. If we're talking about the upside of guys versus, you know, is Reed having a long time, long-term upside? I don't think so. Is Boucher? Almost definitely not. Oladipo could. He could. You could make an argument that he could start over Caleb Martin and he played Butler at the four. That might be their best lineup. I don't know if they'll do that. 
But he absolutely he's not the most most attractive player on this list, but he is someone I would add. If I'm looking for defensive stats, again, it's a it's a flyer. Let's see what's happening. Is there 30 minutes in Victor Oladipo every night? Because if Martin Lowry, Butler, Vincent all play, and he plays 22 minutes, then oh well, I then it's not going to work. But I get the sneaking suspicion that Struess. Well, no, I don't get the suspicion. I know Struess is struggling, and they would limit his minutes in a heartbeat to play Victor Oladipo more at this point. So that's interesting. Aaron Neesmith, one of the more added players. He started three of the last four games. There was one really good game in that. Um, I don't know that I trust, or I, actually, I do know. He's not a 75% shooter, I know that much. But the minutes and usage is okay. I would definitely add him in 14-team leagues, and I would consider it in 12-team leagues. So he's not a bad added player here, just to see what happens. But what he was able to do in that last game that we saw the paces up against the Knicks, I don't think there's any reality in that. Markel Fultz, yeah, obviously, absolute must roster right across the board. No reason at all. Yes, we, there are two guards to return, Harrison Suggs, and I don't know how that is going to impact Fultz. Maybe it pushes him down from 32 to 30. But what we have seen from Markel Fultz in his return is that he drives the team. Like, he's not their best player, but him out there makes them good. And more so than Cole Anthony, more so than Jalen Suggs. So if they want to develop, he's what he's only 24 still, I think. Like he, I'm feel, feeling like I wasn't, I wasn't confident at all two weeks ago about what they would do. I'm more, much more confident now in, in what Fultz is going to do or in what they're going to do with Fultz and not jerk him around too much. I think that him and Suggs will be the starting backcourt, but could easily be him and Harris. And we'll talk about Cole Anthony later on. Uh, spoiler, he's in the drop section. I think that Fultz is relatively secure. Relatively. This briefcase and this haircut. Yeah, Quentin Grimes, grimy. Yeah, he has been added in a lot of spots. He continues to provide value in weird ways. Well, not weird ways, in ways where I look at and go, ah, really? Like, he's a 58% shooting night on 14 usage. Okay, well, what if he doesn't shoot 54%? And in the games, he doesn't shoot 54%. He has two steals and two blocks. And you go, okay. And then what if he doesn't do that? Oh, okay. And then he has seven assists. So he's always just dropping one little thing where you go, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. They all feel completely unsustainable. But if he's just going to rotate through different performances, then it's fine. I think the minutes are great. The usage is never going to spike, I don't think, unless multiple injuries happen. So that's fine. We're aware of that. But what he has been able to do from a production standpoint, helping out in different categories at different times, he's, he is a 12-team league player. Mo Wagner, one of the most added players as well. Yeah, should have added him two weeks ago. Ever since he's been starting, he's been a 12-team league player. We don't know what will happen when Wendell Carter returns, but we know that Mo Wagner's ahead of Mo Bumba. He's actually ahead of Bol Bol at the moment too. Carter will return. I wouldn't drop Wagner unless there's a great option on my wire before Carter is back. I'd like to see how... I don't think they'll play Carter and Wagner together. I don't think they will. But maybe Wendell's on a heavy minutes restriction for a week or two. Allow and he just plays the bumper role and plays 19 to 22 minutes and Wagner gets 28 to 30. That's enough to hold him. Yes, he should be rostered. And then we figure it out when we get more info later. Another one of the most added players was AJ Griffin. Okay. I know he had a big game last time out. I don't think I would have prioritized Griffin. In fact, I know that I wouldn't have. He's a stream option on a low volume day when I'm looking for points and threes. With everyone back, this isn't the time that I would have gone and... Um, that I would have gone and added A.J. Griffin. 
Today's episode is brought to you by NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. Good rhyming. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your co-workers can tell, even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by the NHTSA. There you go. Let's look at the most dropped players. I think I agree with basically every one of these ones. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, good schedule stream. Hasn't provided anything. Bye-bye. See you later. Although, although, <clears throat> and I'll say this with um, a couple of these other ones as well. Yes, his production does not does not um, garner 12-team value. It doesn't. But if you've got him with 11 games on Wednesday and barely any teams playing on Tuesday, like four teams playing, one of them is Utah, maybe he's worth holding on to? Like that's the only that's the only thing I would say there, is that because you've already got him, like it depends on how your waiver wire acquisition situation goes. Like, is it actually worth dropping him when you know we're sitting here on Thursday and there's only four teams playing? Utah, the Pelicans, the Wizards, and the Spurs. That's it. That's all the play on Thursday. And the same goes for Will Barton. And the same goes for Jordan Goodwin. Yes, their production is not worth a 12-team hold. Goodwin, Barton, Alexander Walker, it isn't. But if you've got him, I would have just held through for Thursday. Because who's going to be realistically on the wire who's better with those four guys there who has 20-minute, 24-minute upside that it doesn't cost you a waiver ad? And maybe you don't need to preserve your waiver ads because... There's only Thursday and Sunday games where you can stream in. Maybe you've got enough. And that's okay. But when we're making these decisions, yes, absolutely Alexander Walker, Barton, Goodwin are not 12-team league guys. Absolutely not. But for Thursday, there might be. And that's what you've got to look at. I can't tell you that because I don't know what your team looks like or how your waiver wire acquisitions are structured or where you're sitting or anything like that. But there is no argument that these guys are droppable players but there's also, you know, you can also argue, yeah, they're droppable players after Thursday. And that's what you look at. Tory Craig, most dropped player. I'm not sure about that either. They play on Sunday, Christmas Day. Um, yes, it does help that Josh Kogi is out. His upside is not particularly high, Tory. And you are sort of waiting now to get that game on Sunday, which I'm not sure is good enough. He's okay to drop. He's okay to hold. Max Struess, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, look, see you later. Like... He's providing nothing. Um, the the Heat don't have a, a great schedule. I think they've only got the two games this week. Yeah, they've only got one more game left, which is on Friday with 14 games. Absolutely. See you later. Dante DiVincenzo. Steph out. And then DiVincenzo's missed yesterday, and he's going to miss today. I, I The Wiggins return will impact him. I wouldn't have been this quick to drop DiVincenzo. I would have held him. I know it's frustrating he's missed the last two. I would have held him. Ty Stone's getting dropped is weird to me. Especially after he played 28 minutes in a game that Jar Morant played last game, or 29 minutes. Weird time to drop him. 
We've talked at length about him being a, I don't know what term we're going to call it, long-term stash, super stash, luxury, I don't know. Something where you can, if you're in a good spot, you can hold. So I don't know what the impetus would have been after he played 29 minutes. All right, look at that. Look at those big minutes with Jar playing. We've got to see you later. I don't know what the point of that is. Probably would have held him. Kevon Looney. <clears throat> Weird to drop him when he's got a game today, but we saw that some of his recent production has been outsized and last game was a big drop-off. Um, I'm not I'm not 100% behind that. I think it's okay, but again, if I had him on my team, I probably wouldn't have dropped him at that point. Let's look at droppable players. What does this mean? Yeah, that if they're on your roster, then you can look at them and go, huh, I don't think I need to hold this guy. This is for mainly for 12-teamers. And the first name on there is Cole Anthony. It, it is, and again, with my more confidence in Markel Fultz, it is not going to be good for Cole Anthony when Suggs and Harris return. It is not. Anthony already struggles as a fantasy player because of his inefficiency and the fact that he needs the ball in his hands. And now there's about four blokes on this team who get it in priority to him. Um, he's, there's, there's just no way. Like, absolutely no chance that I'd hold him in a 12 team. Like, that is a very clear jack. Get that garbage out of here! Do I need to tell you why DeAndre Hunter's a drop? I don't. Just drop him. Chris Boucher. I know. He was one of the most added players, but I don't know why. I don't think he's a long-term hold. There's no need for it. And the depressed penis Sadiq Bay. Oh, but what if they trade Bogdanovich? Yeah, cool. All right. And then you go back and add Sadiq and he's the 110th best player. He is not that good. And holding him waiting for a trade when whatever you think is going to happen, Troy Weaver will do the opposite basically every time. Man, they're tanking. They need to trade Bogdanovich. Nah, mate, we're actually going for it. Are you though? You've won four games. No, we are. All right, cool. Thanks, Troy. Nah, Bogdanovich is a key part for the future. He's 34 years old. All right, cool. No worries, mate. We're hanging out for four first-round picks. Okay, Troy. Whatever you think. So, again, there's just... Is his upside high, Sadiq Bay? if Bogdanovich gets traded? I don't think so. What is he? An inefficient scorer who doesn't do much else. Uh, yeah, look, I'd rather drop him, get value for maybe seven weeks up until the trade deadline, and then if Bogdanovich is traded and Bay starts, oh, I've missed out on the 90th best player. Oh, oh well, I'll be okay, I think. So I'll drop him. These next four are more for points leagues, but I think there's crossover here. Jaden McDaniels is a hold in a category league. In a points league, there is no point in, in dealing with him in a 12-team points league. Jaden McDaniels, Minnesota Jaden McDaniels. Throw Jalen on this list as well. But Jaden is just not a points league guy. Onyekura Kongwu. Capella's still out. It won't be for long. He's already got benched. I don't know if he'll play off the bench today with John Collins. I don't know. But again, when you're looking past today, you need to add someone to stream on Thursday or to stream on Sunday or to add a hot waiver wire pickup. Then Nakongwu has no long-term staying power. Derek White. Maximum Derek. No, no point, really. I, I don't see it. Williams back. White's going to be squeezed. No need to hold. And of course... Jalen Smith. One of the biggest fantasy draft busts this season. He's now the backup center. He probably shouldn't even be that. Bye-bye. See you later. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Yes, BetterHelp. Because we all need assistance in our life with the many challenges that we have to go through. Life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working out for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or becoming a parent. 
Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of those challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Let's go through the must roster list. These are players who are available in over 20% of leagues who I believe are top 100 guys rest of season. Simple stuff. Kelly Linick, just add him. What are we, what are we, just add him, please. What are we doing? Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yes, he will. So we saw last game a usage hit. I think he's a must-roster player. Larry Nance is rostered in 36% of leagues. 64% of you have got your fingers up your asses. I, I know. He missed last game. That, that, oh, man, that's dreadful. Must drop him for that. Um, he's questionable today. <sighs> Useless. Get rid of him. I think, yeah, uh, insane. Some of his value, most of his value, is tied into really high field goal percentage, good rebounds, and some defensive stats. And that's not sexy to everybody. But the, the value is there. And I could see the argument for him to be rostered in 70% of leagues, but not 35. And Walker Kessler, I think, is a must-roster player. These are, these are not the only four must-roster players, but they are definitely four. Like Thomas Bryant throw in there, Jalen Duran throw in there. There's plenty of guys. But these are four. And then for points leagues, Jaden Ivey. He might be moving towards a category league guy. He was really good the last two games. I'm not really yet, yet convinced. Points leagues, he's been on this list the whole time. Must roster, remains it. Mitchell Robinson, he's a must roster in both. Markel Fultz, he's a must roster in both. And then Bogdan Bogdanovich, he is a must roster in points and category leagues as well. Let's go to the top 100 players over the last week. Who is hot? Who is not? Zach Collins. Even with Pirtle back, but remember, Pirtle is on a minutes restriction during that time. So Collins' numbers has been good. So don't look at this and go, ooh, look, Zach Collins, he's getting a really good chunk of minutes. Um, he's putting up really good numbers. I must add him rest of season. The context is always really important. And maybe Pirtle's on a minutes restriction for a little bit more time. Maybe Pirtle gets hurt. All that is possible. Maybe Pirtle gets traded. That is all possible too. And I'm not saying not to have Zach Collins because the numbers are there. And until he goes back and plays 19 minutes, then you might might not want to look at him. But there are a few things in his favor. And even in 19 minutes, he can be almost luxury stashes, like the 150th best player in 19 minutes. That's useful enough. So I'm sort of on board with that. Austin Reeves was looking like a 12-team league guy until he hurt his ankle. He won't play today. I think with Davis out, and there was that report on Anthony Davis that he's with the team and getting treatment, but I will, again, caution you on this. Kate Cunningham dressed in his full uniform and did warm-ups for four weeks before being ruled out for the season. So while it is positive that Davis is there with the team, it doesn't still doesn't actually tell us anything. I'd love to know more about what is actually going on, and I'm still bracing for yeah, five, six weeks absence at least, if not worse but it is an interesting development. Anyway, Reeves does have some value. Again, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Austin Rivers is a top 100 player over the last week. It is really helping him that guys like Kyle Anderson have been out, but Rivers, who in the past has been Romeo Langford level of terrible permanent fantasy producers. So I have very little faith in Rivers. But if we see Anderson out again and go bear out again, uh, I just, I don't, I don't want to say it, but maybe he's an option. Now, if I say this, he could have five points on three shots with two rebounds and an assist in 35 minutes. That is Austin Rivers. 
But there's something a little bit happening here and we have to at least pay attention. Dennis Schroeder, I do think he's a 12-team league guy with Davis out. We know the problem with Schroeder is that he gets lost when Davis, LeBron, and Westbrook are playing. Well, one of those guys is gone. So Schroeder's value goes up. Yudwatanabe, top 100. Hmm. I'm more interested in what he's doing to Curry, Harris, uh, Simmons to a degree, and Tony Warren and Royce O'Neal. He's had some decent block numbers. He's shot the ball pretty well. So it's more of a 14-team league guy, but yeah. AJ Griffin, top 100. That's really on the back of last game. I am not looking at him as a 12-teamer. Aaron Neesmith and Victor Oladipo, their top 100 last week. Oladipo, I've already said, yeah, I think he's worth an ad. Neesmith is probably worth a flyer. I'm less confident in that sticking. Deep leagues. These guys are all available in 10% of leagues or fewer. Dylan Wright, returning probably Thursday. He's a 14-team league grab. Nico Batum is a 14-team league guy, even though there's going to be frustrations there. And then there's a bunch of guys that I think are 16-team league options who are all pretty much available. Terrence Davis, Josh Richardson. Yes, he's in and out of the lineup, but there's value in him. Tony Warren Jr. I don't love him for 12 teams, obviously, but in 16-teamers, yeah. Timothy John McConnell just cranks out the assists and steals. Drew Eubanks blocks and field goals and rebounds. Good value in deeper leagues, really good. And scales up when Nurkic is out. And Eric Gordon, who shouldn't be playing these minutes at all, but he is, and he's at least a 16-team league guy. Let's talk about some other names before we get out of here. Big Dick Nick Richards. Minutes have been really up for him, but the last three games, it's been a Plumlee locker room trip, Plumlee foul trouble, Plumlee foul trouble. The real test is going to be when none of those things happen to the cockroach, and Richards still plays 23 minutes. I don't mind having him as a luxury stashish sort of player to see if Clifford changes his mind on the rotation. I highly doubt it, but that's not a bad move. Jalen Duren is absolutely a 12-team league guy... He's getting by a lot on field goal percentage and rebounds. That's really all he's providing. But 30 minutes a night seals it for me. He's not getting split with Marvin Bagley, thank God. But he's getting those 30 minutes, which is great. Trey Murphy, um, obviously, it's been really disappointing for him. I would still, in a lot of cases, persist with him with Ingram out for at least two more games because the Pelicans play on Thursday. And no and three other teams, that's it. Who are you finding better off the waiver wire than Trey Murphy? So yes, the inclination to drop him is there. The production hasn't been great. And it's, I'm losing faith in him maintaining value when Ingram returns. But I'd still like to see it. Like a 30-minute starting player who's a double-digit scorer, who hits threes and can be efficient, grab some boards. Like that's useful enough usually. He's just in a massive cold streak. Kemba Walker. Being added in a lot of spots, I don't think it's worthwhile. Tens, twelves. 14s, I don't believe that Kemba is a guy to roster in those leagues. 16-teamers, sure, but he has been scooped up in a ton of spots, and I don't really think that's useful. Just in case you aren't aware, Thomas Bryant's a must-roster player everywhere. The Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Nothing has changed in my evaluation of Williams. I'm much more secure in his minutes. I am confident he's going to play 28 to 32 minutes every night at this point. The production is not always there. Williams' minutes over the last two, three weeks, 27, 31, 26, 29, 38, 31, 33, 30, 33. That's really good. The production is not awesome, but he remains that luxury stash. You're seated one, you're seated two, you're seated three, you hold him. And maybe we get an, a usage bump. Maybe we get an efficiency bump as the season goes on. He's not killing you by having him on your roster. You're not holding on to the 250th best player who gets five minutes a night waiting for three trades to happen. He's already getting a rotation role. 
Is he a guy that's producing great value now? Like if you want to strictly look at what the production is and if there's better guys on the wire, then yes, like Harrison Barnes is producing more value than Jalen Williams at the moment. But I have no faith in Barnes's upside, but I do think that Williams can improve. And that's the difference. That's where it comes down to. Positions in the standings. League format. You've got a weekly stash league. You've got a roto bench. Games cap league. Like it's fine to hold. Because he has gone from inconsistent production in minutes to inconsistent production, but consistent minutes. Step in the right direction. That's what we're trying to keep an eye on. And then the last one is PJ Washington Jr. Yes, in a punt field goal setting, his value increases. Is he actually good enough to hold? I I don't I know he's better than what he currently is. I don't think he's a must roster player. He will fit certain teams. If you do, do not care about field goal percentage, that's fine. And his numbers are set to rise because he's not going to be a 16% three-point shooter or whatever he's been over the last two weeks. But he is no longer in that absolute must roster territory to me. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.